Hey geeks, welcome to the Geek Gals on-site podcast series. I'm your host, Chinlin. We recently went to Con of Thrones, which is one of the largest Game of Thrones conventions in the U.S., and we were very fortunate to be able to interview Miltos Urolimu. He played Arya Stark's sword fighting teacher in season one. To start off this interview, we are going to play a short clip of Sirio's death scene. Be gone now, Arya. Come with me. Run. The first sword of Bravos does not run. What do we say to the god of death? Not today. Go. So, where have you been since season one ended? Because I refuse to believe that Sirio is dead. Like, please tell me you're alive somewhere and you are just watching Arya from afar. <laughs> Could like, you imagine if he was like he was he was he was truly a faceless man and he'd uh, he was uh, he was one of these characters that we'd been hanging around with for a long time? Could that be very one of the <laughs> Don't know who it would be. Hashtag now, wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I can't, I can't help you with that. But um, it, it's, it's. I mean, you know, it's. I think it's a, a very, it's very flattered that you get to play a character that. I mean, I'm sure this is what happened when uh, readers read uh, that in the books the first time. They were like, "What happened to Syria?" Yeah, I, I heard. I, I hadn't read book, the books, but I heard that it was kind of ambiguous. Yeah. So what happened? So how how the scene is in the books is exactly as it is in the TV show because George R R Martin wrote that episode. Oh, I see. He wrote that episode. He wrote oh. uh, the pointy pointy end. I, mean, I think it was a pointy end episode eight. Yes. Uh, in the first season, he wrote that episode, and I remember uh, asking him what, why I hadn't got a death scene, and he was like, "Because that's not what I'm doing." It's like the whole point is that it's ambiguous because, uh, as I said before, to another interviewer, there is there is a a space left, mm-hmm. which allows Arya Stark to keep him alive in her own mind. And, oh, that's a good point. And if she'd seen him brutally murdered, mm-hmm. she, it, it, might, it might cause something else. It also would cause something else in the reader. It would cause another reaction in the viewer. And what happens by leaving the door open, also remember the books were written from POV. Each character had their own uh, point of view. So... Each chapter, so the chapter with, with, with what happens with Sirio is, is called Aria. And it's all about her point of view. So when she leaves that room, you follow her. So you don't know what happens in that room. But what's great as a storytelling device is that it leaves space for the audience to do what Aria Stark does, which is keep him alive in her head. She repeats his words 
I mean, even throughout all the books, she always hears his words, you know, it's his words repeated. Mm-hmm. You can hear her, you know, like remembering them. And that continues throughout the whole series of books. And so he, not knowing what happened to him allows that that echo to live. And, and it kind of does the same thing as what um, Luke Skywalker does in Star Wars, yeah. when when he can hear his the ancestral for, or voices telling him to use the Force, it's that same thing. I'm sure it is, and I'm sure that George R. R. Martin thought remembered that when he was writing the character of Cyril Pharrell. At least I'd like to think he did. Oh, I never asked it. him that specifically, but I think there is a, a, a you know I'm there just to kickstart mm-hmm. Arya's story. Yeah. Since Sirio was such a huge role in Arya's uh, story in season one, um, what do you think was the most important thing he taught Arya, you know, besides the sword fighting? I think he taught her to not underestimate anything Mm -hmm. and to keep her eyes and ears and senses wide awake because that's the only way you stay alive. And I think his whole way of understanding the world was that the only way you survive is by, is is that whole thing with the lesson where he says, I'm gonna teach you, I'm gonna go left, right, left, right. And when I say left, right, and then I go left, left, and you're gonna get upset with me because I cheated, it's not cheating teaching you a lesson I'm teaching you a lesson that do not trust what I say mm-hmm. do not trust what you hear do not trust what you see use all your senses to understand the situation and that is how you survive it and that's real life like you can't yeah, trust everything of course everything. it is of course it's real life and, and that's why it's very pertinent and particularly living in King's Landing it's the only way to stay alive it's the one thing that her father didn't do that's why we ended up dead Oh, the rat's nest. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Oh, I still miss Ned. Don't we all? Uh, How did you first get into sword fighting? Was it uh, something you knew before you took on the role, or did you have to learn it for the role? I did do training for it, but um, it was a requirement in the casting breakdown. They wanted someone who had some sword fighting experience. Um, And I always say that, I mean, I don't know what that means because of course sword fighting is kind of illegal nowadays mm-hmm. isn't it it's not like something you can just kind of find people hanging around yeah i'm a i'm a swordsman <laughs> i could train you but it's gonna cost you <laughs> you know yeah so i don't think that was the case but i'd done a lot of it at, at school uh, i was always a dancer so sword choreography and dance choreography are very very similar similar in if not exactly the same you know, you, you kind of put some moves together and you learn them and you train your body to understand them and do them efficiently. And that's kind of sword fighting to be brutally uh, blunt about it. But it's obviously more than that. And so the whole thing about creating a character who in a very short space of time, without very much screen time, you have to convey the fact that they are the first sword of bravos 
Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that is the most important thing. So that's where working with someone like William Hobbs, who was, uh, is an amazing sword choreographer, he, he basically was my mentor. He was my Syria Pharrell and he taught me uh, a lot of, we cooked up the vocabulary of what the water dance would be, basically. All right, cool. So uh, if Syria was still on the show today, what do you think he'd be up to right now? He would be, um, he would be back in Bravos, I reckon. Uh, retired. Li- living the <laughs> good life, the enjoying the, the sunset. <laughs> while, while Rome burns. <laughs> <laughs> or being by Arya Stark's side. Uh, but I, I got a feeling that he's far too sensible to get involved with killing and stuff. You know, he, he's. I think he's a complete uh, uh, rationalist when it comes to the world he lives in. He understands it very well. He doesn't want. You know, what's the point of trying too hard? There are people trying to kill you all the time. Mm-hmm. I think he understands how to stay alive. I think that's the most important thing. He doesn't strike me as the vengeful type either. No, man, he's zen. He's yeah. like, you know, he's seen it, done it. Great teachers don't have to try. That's true. They've done it all. That's what they always teach you in, in dojos, is that, you know, a good teacher doesn't have to prove he's good mm-hmm. or she's good. Um, all right, last question. Yeah. I have to ask this. Who do you think is going to be on the Iron Throne? That's if there is an Iron Throne. I mean, you know, I, I, I'd be amazed if that throne room is standing by the end of season eight. I think, I think King's Landing will be completely destroyed. I think it won't be existing. I think uh, the capital will probably move to Winterfell or Dragonstone, depending who's in charge. There or needs who's to be, alive. There needs to be a change. But I've got a feeling that it won't be what you expect. And I don't mm-hmm. think, it, I think, I think King's Landing won't be around. At least that's my theory, is that I think it's going to get attacked. Either by dragons or white walkers, or both. Or actually definitely both. Because <laughs> of the ice dragon, yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be awful. <laughs> I think if Cersei stays there, she's definitely in trouble. <laughs> But it'll be amazing to watch. Yeah, it'll be awesome. <laughs> Watching that episode last night, I was, you know, I've only ever seen any of the episodes once. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it always is amazing watching them again. It's like, oh my God, this is really good, isn't it? Because <laughs> the first time you watch it, most of the time you're just surprised, shocked, can't believe what you're seeing. Oh my, you know, it's usually a lot of, um, oh my God. Um, and then watching it a second time, you actually take in how, how amazingly well crafted it, it is. The level, of, the attention to detail is just mind-blowing. It's endlessly interesting. And it's also, it stands up to being watched many, many times. Yeah. That's what makes it a great show. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Milton. My <laughs> pleasure. My pleasure. Lovely to talk to you.